Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of Theana Money. This week on the podcast, I want to give you some ideas for creative ways to provide for yourself and make more money. This is by no means meant to be an exhaustive list. The possibilities are so innumerable given different people's unique situations and skills nor is it meant to give you a step-by-step guideline for your next business, but rather to give you some ideas that can apply to people in various situations from destitute to already wealthy in order to help you provide for yourself and expand your wealth. Not for the sake of wealth in and of itself, but to glorify God by growing what he has given to us and use it with his honor in mind more than our own. Now, before we get started on that, I just wanted to ask you all that if you like Theana Money, to subscribe to it on your favorite podcast catcher if you've not already done that, and tell your friends about it. Send them links to the episodes, tell them they should listen to it, tell them what you have learned from the podcast and how it has helped you and been used by God to benefit you in your life. So uh, the first way that I want to talk about in this episode is bartering. Sure, this is not directly making money, but it is getting to the same end goal. By bartering, you are bypassing the money part of buying and selling. Really, money is an exchange of value. Imagine an agrarian society. To make the analogy simpler, I'm a farmer who had dozens and dozens of chickens, not to mention the produce I grow. When I want some produce that I do not grow on my farm, I often trade excess eggs with a farmer who does. But what if I want some potatoes and I go to a friend who grows potatoes and offer to trade him some eggs for some potatoes, but he tells me that he has a half dozen chickens of his own and does not need any eggs. What now? By selling the eggs for money to someone who wants eggs and giving my friend with potatoes money in exchange for potatoes, everyone is able to get what they want in the end, even if pure bartering would not get us there by using money as an exchange of value. So typically things are exchanged for money because that makes everything simpler in the long term. But sometimes bartering with others makes things easier in those specific situations. An example of bartering work, not bartering goods, but bartering work or services, is with my friend David and his company Dubina Landscaping in Central Indiana which I highly recommend if you need landscaping work done in central Indiana, such as tree trimming, tree removal, and tree planting. He does a variety of things with his company beyond basic landscaping, including concrete work and various other services that would be more under the category of a a contractor than solely a landscaping business. So if you're interested, that's Dubina Landscaping. Last year, in exchange for some work on my property, I spent a couple Saturdays working with him. Everyone was better off. 
He got a couple of days of work from me without having to pay me money, plus having someone to hang out with during his work. And I got work done on my property without having to pay someone to do it. The work he did on my property didn't take long, so it was not much of a hassle for him. And if I had to pay someone to do it, to do what he did, it would have cost me more than what two extra days of work likely would have paid me. We are both happy and everyone is better off because of this transaction. If you're curious about what he did, it was ripping out a large unhealthy bush that was on my property when I bought it, removing some large logs I did not chop up into firewood because they weighed much more than I do. So I chopped up the smaller ones and I called it enough firewood and had him haul away those. And this was not planned, but since he was there, he ripped out a small section of plants a previous owner had where I just wanted grass. I could have done that myself, but it took him mere moments with his equipment when if I had done it with hand tools, it would have taken probably an hour or more. Here's another idea for bartering work, one that could be really helpful for someone in a destitute situation. I hope none of my listeners ever need to use this idea, but I want it out there for people to think of because should the need ever arise, it would really change a person's situation. If someone were homeless or on the verge of being so, like maybe your apartment lease is ending and you cannot renew it for some reason, finances or the property is being sold to someone who has other plans for it or something like that, this could provide shelter for a person who otherwise would soon be homeless. Go to a hotel with a continental breakfast and try to make a deal with them that you will work for them without monetary payment in exchange for a room in the hotel and allowing you a break during breakfast so you can eat too. Now you have shelter and breakfast every day. Besides, with a continental breakfast, once everything is set up, it shouldn't take too much work keeping it going, so you should be able to sit down and eat and just keep an eye on everything while eating. Another idea here is to ask the hotel owner or your manager or whoever you report to if you can put some leftovers from breakfast each day into the mini fridge in your hotel room for you later. Some of the food probably would otherwise be thrown away because it would not be good the next day. So if you are keeping from so you're keeping from being wasteful while also providing some food for yourself later in the day besides just breakfast. If the hotel where you set up this arrangement has a restaurant inside it, get a job at that restaurant with hours that do not conflict with your hours to pay for your hotel room. Then you have some uh, money coming in as well, now that your shelter and at least part of your food is taken care of. Now I know that sometimes a hotel that has a restaurant inside is a fancier one that does not have a continental breakfast, but some have both. Or if the hotel owns the restaurant inside of it, Maybe your hours to cover your room can be working in the restaurant so you get tips to get some money. So like I said, those are some things a person in a rather destitute situation can do in order to have shelter and some food to provide for oneself. It might not be much, but it's better than living on the street struggling to get any food at all each day. On a side note before I go to the next point, this is where a church can step up and help a person struggling like this, being the minister of mercy that it, not the civil government, is supposed to be. Maybe a person in the church owns a hotel and sets up this arrangement for the person in such a situation, 
and is able to provide extra hours beyond the arrangement for the hotel room in order to give the person some money as well. And another person in the church helps the destitute person start a side hustle to work his or her way out of the situation. And another gives the person some money in order to get that side hustle started. That might sound crazy and like stuff that never happens, but Christians are generous and it happens more than you think. Your church might not let you know how often the church or some individual families in the church help people in desperate situations because they do not want to brag about it per Matthew 6, 1 to 6, and also to not humiliate the person in a desperate situation, embarrassing them by putting their need on full display for everyone to see. Now, you got to be careful with that. Sometimes you might want to bring it before the church to see who can help the person, but if everything's already taken care of, then it might just be embarrassing the person by saying, oh, look, here's how poor this person is. We needed to help them. So, you know, just the church needs to use discernment in situations like that. So that was the first approach to being creative in ways to make money, or rather ways to skip the money step and be creative in bartering goods and services. Here's the second idea I want to look at in this episode. If you can afford it, one idea to make some extra money and be creative about it is when you buy a house, buy a duplex, or even a triplex or fourplex slash quadplex. Now with this, you have to take into account not just the higher cost of such a building than a single-family detached home, it's also the higher property taxes you will have to pay. The rent you have to pay for the government as they tell you that you only pretend to own your property, but the government actually owns you. I mean, owns your property. Yeah, definitely mean the government thinks they own just your property and not you. You also need to consider maintenance costs. And if you have the time and skill to do that yourself, or if you have to pay the extra money to have others do that, add into your own costs for taking this approach. If after considering all of that and the other factors involved, you decide to go this route, the money you make charging your tenants rent in a duplex will cover a decent bit of your mortgage until you have it paid off. Then it is money in your pocket every month. That is the major benefit here. In my opinion, it is the only benefit unless your tenants are great friends, maybe people from your church, and you love having them so close. That is the only other positive I think I see in this, but that one or potentially two positives are why you would go this route. With a duplex on the other side rented out, maybe it covers like two-thirds of your mortgage. So you're paying less for your monthly mortgage payment than if you would have bought a regular single-family house. With a triplex, when both of the other spaces are rented out, you're probably covering enough to pay for your entire mortgage payment, insurance, taxes, and maybe even maintenance costs too. Or if not, it might be really close. Depending on how the pricing of everything works out, it could actually be more than all of those things combined with the rent you receive from two families. If you find a fourplex or quadplex for sale and can afford it, as long as you can keep the other three spaces occupied, you're at this point probably making money from where you live because your income on the property covers all of the costs I just mentioned with a triplex, but with money left over. That is taking your home where you live and really turning it into 
productive property. Once you have paid it off, then what you put toward your mortgage payment each month can go in your pocket instead. Maybe at this point you can go buy yourself a single family house if you want the yard space on all four sides all to yourself. And then you can rent out all the units in the however many you buy plex to others. Once that house is paid off and you own two homes, one of which has multiple spaces for rent and have no mortgage debt, you're possibly making enough income from the rental property to not have to work anymore. Then you can devote more time to other things like investing in children and grandchildren, gardening, which you can get the children and grandchildren involved in to do both at once, starting a new business, volunteering, or working in a nonprofit that cannot afford to pay a lot of money so you could not have afforded to work there before you had so much passive income coming in. Notice how I did not say that you make enough passive income to not have to work other than maybe fixing something that breaks down in your rental property from time to time. So you become lazy and do not do anything, but instead you devote that time to other things. You could stake this a step further than a triplex or fourplex and just buy a whole apartment building and live in one of the apartments yourself if you are able to afford it. If you have the money, you could buy a large apartment building, but if you have that kind of money, you're probably rich and don't need to consider living in one of the apartments because you already have a really nice house to live in. But you know, if you're not rich and get some huge inheritance from a super wealthy grandparent or something, maybe you could go this route. But you do not have to jump from a fourplex all the way to a giant apartment building. You can go with smaller apartment buildings that are not much more than a fourplex themselves. You could do this as an addition to the house you already own, or you could go the route of living in one of the apartments yourselves if you want to. I grew up in a suburb of Detroit. If any of my listeners uh, know about the giant tire beside I-94, it is right by where I grew up. But for part of my childhood, my parents owned a a small apartment building in Detroit with like five apartments in it that they rented out to make some extra money. We never lived there ourselves. The apartment building was in a really rough part of Detroit, but it provided a bit of extra money to cover our expenses. My grandparents on both sides, my mom's parents and my dad's parents, did similar things. So that was nothing new to my parents when they got into this. My dad grew up fixing rental properties with his dad, like I grew up doing with my dad. Though I was just getting to the age to really start helping and not just watching my dad and handing him things uh, when they sold the property, which is sad for me because of the things I would have otherwise learned about property maintenance. The reason they sold the property, and the reason many other people with rental properties in Detroit sold them around the same time, was Detroit had a really dumb idea to try to make themselves money. They were going to have really strict laws about lead paint and rental properties. Laws so strict that paint which had no lead whatsoever in it could test positive as lead paint if there was some lead dust in the air and it landed on the wall. And there would be expensive fines for properties that failed these lead tests. So there's a lesson there in how dumb, tyrannical ways a city can try to make money by imposing fines on stupid stuff ends up backfiring because of all the people who sold properties in Detroit over this. 
Okay, so that number two there was actually multiple different ideas, all kind of related to one another. So we are putting them all under one banner and calling the next point number three. The third idea is to take things you already do for your family and try selling that good or service to others. You can start small with just a couple of friends or family members, ask them for their honest feedback and not just their support because they are friends and family, and they expand larger if it does well and you have the capacity for expansion. This can be something common that everyone does, like making food. If you're really good at cooking, you can make food and sell it to friends. Busy families and single young men are two groups that might really appreciate this. You can save that single guy or that homeschool mom with eight kids meal prep a few times a week while making money at the same time. Everyone wins. That's the beauty of uh, the free market from a Christian standpoint, making something where everyone is better off. And that's why in a free market, when two people have some kind of business transaction, they're bartering or selling something between them, both of them can say thank you to the other because they both believe they are better off for the transaction. If you're into food prep, spending a lot of time cooking one day, then freezing those meals into airtight containers to eat in the next week or two, you could go that route with this as well. Or maybe you make your own household cleaners. You have figured out some recipes and are constantly tweaking them or trying new things, mixing together white vinegar and some other things with various essential oils or rubbing alcohol with other things in various essential oils. And you get your own cleaning products that are healthier than what you buy at the store and smell better too. If you already do that, what if you started making more than you need and let some friends or family members try them for free to get their input? If they like them, you can make more batches and start selling them. If uh, any of you listening decides to try something because of this episode, let me know. Message me on uh, Theana Money social media or email theonamoney at gmail.com. I'm trying to get better at checking that email more often because I haven't been great at it. And I could have you on an episode to talk about what you did because of uh, being encouraged to do so from this episode. Or maybe you have a backyard garden and it would not take much time and money for you to expand what you grow in order to sell some of your produce to others around you. Maybe your garden is large enough that you have extra space not currently being used or maybe it would not be too difficult for you to expand your fence around the garden and get that section of soil ready to grow vegetables. Then you can enjoy the extra money of selling some of your produce and the extra satisfaction of selling good things to your neighbors. And your neighbors get the high quality fresh vegetables you sell and the satisfaction that they are supporting you and not the local supermarket with those dollars. There are all kinds of things you can come up with that fit your specific situations, skills, and assets to think of creative ways to make money. These are just some things I thought to mention to listeners as ideas you could consider for yourself or to help you start brainstorming your own ideas for your unique situation. Just as a disclaimer, this episode is precisely that and not specifically telling you that you have to do one of these ideas just mentioned. If you decide to do more research into one of them and pursue that, and it turns out well for you, then I will be happy for you and that my little bit of influence benefited a family and the families to come from that one and future generations as we keep our eyes on the future of seeing Christ's kingdom grow in this world 
and more people come to recognize and submit to his kingship. That was this week's episode of Theana Money. As we go, I want to remind everyone the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. Satisfies me Your law is sweet Oh you